Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, good day to you, rappers. Hope you're having a great day, and I am so blessed to join you uh, for this edition of Ray Reynolds Rap. We've got some interesting things we're going to cover in our time together today, and this is a subject I have been asked to teach on and preach on quite frequently. In fact, I have an entire Bible class series I've not launched yet. It's a 12-lesson series on this particular subject. I don't know that it'll be finished I'm trying to proof it and add a little to it. Uh, I've obviously taken a lot of study. Uh, I've tried to get it all together, and uh, hopefully it'll be online before the end of the year on this subject of the end times. Now, I want to preface everything I'm about to say with with this very simple statement. I have friends, close friends even, that differ from me on my views. And you probably have people like that too in your circle, that people that'll tell you, you know, I'm not really sure I agree with this, or I'm not really sure I agree with that. And that's that's fine. It's okay to disagree. It's just not okay to be disagreeable. That's what Billy Lambert always tells us. So it, you, you, wanna, you want to, when you come to a point of disagreement, you want to be able to have some kind of a mediator. You know, when you're when you're going through a debate or discussion, it's good to have somebody that's a little wiser than both of you sit in the room and and help to mediate that debate. The wonderful privilege of being a child of God in the 21st and then in going into the 22nd century is that you and I have the word of God. You and I have a privilege that even though we may hold to certain opinions or certain doctrines, certain views, we may even just have a just a, a brief thought of something, and it's those are those are fine to have thoughts and visions of things that you think ought to be. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with it is when we begin to teach it as truth. I'm going to say that again very slowly and very carefully. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having an opinion or a thought or a vision of something or, or an anticipation that something is true. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing with people on something you believe. Nothing wrong with that at all. That is human. We all have that belief. And not just on matters of doctrine. I'm talking about in matters of life. I live in the South. I hear debates all the time. Who's the better you know, football team and who's the better basketball team and who's the better, you know, at this and that. What's the best college to go to? We, we all have our opinions on that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having an opinion or a view or a, you know, a thought concerning something. Where the problem comes, where the rubber meets the road is when we begin to teach it as if it's true. So we have a mediator and that is the Bible we have a an opportunity when we disagree on things concerning, for instance, as we're going to talk about today, the end times, we have the privilege of being able to open the Bible and find the answer together. And that's what I want to do with you today. I'm not going to share anything to my knowledge. I'm not going to share anything that is untrue. It's not 
trying to twist or to turn the facts in my direction. It's not a misrepresentation of someone or something. I'm just simply trying to share with you some thoughts, views, and some scriptures that will help you in determining, deciphering, whatever you want to call it, the end times. Now, with that being said, I have a lot of people, friends that I have on the internet and uh, on, on social media that teach things that I absolutely disagree with personally, but I also disagree with doctrinally. And I think there's a way we can sit down and deal with that also in love. Specifically, let's get right into the meat of it. We are living in a very difficult time. In fact, this week, and I don't know why, but I have had more anxiety the last week concerning world events than I have in a long time. Um, I've been a little anxious about some of the things that are happening on our border. For those, you may be listening to this five years down the road. This is in 2021, specifically in early May 2021. But, you know, we've got literally hundreds, thousands of people crossing our border including people that are bringing with them um, uh, diseases and things uh, like COVID. Uh, We have uh, terrorists that are making their way across the border illegally and slipping into our country. And we tried very carefully to, you know, do all kinds of things to make sure that that doesn't happen. And that's fell through the cracks. There is bombings uh, going on. In fact, Hamas and the Islamic Jihad are teaming up against Israel in the Middle East. Uh, We've got China, who no doubt was behind whatever purpose, whether it was nefarious or not, the COVID vaccine and um, the Chinese flu that we have had to deal with for the last almost two years now. So, I mean, you think about all these things that are going on. We've got Russia posturing and, you know, trying to uh, debate our president and a lot of these things going on around the world that are just, I mean, it's tough and we're too busy, you know, in Washington worrying about, uh, you know, whether or not we're going to make DC a state, (laughs) you know, we're, we're worried about what port goes into what bill. And because of that, I think there's a lot of fear that has just basically flooded over, especially Christian people, people that have been misguided by false teachers to believe that these particular things are um, signs of the end. And I have a couple friends on Facebook that that's all they're talking about. You know, every day, these are the signs of the rapture. These are the signs of the end times. These are the signs that, and I want to I say very clearly that the scriptures teach us that there is absolutely zero possibility, no way, no how, There is absolutely zero chance that someone can predict the end of time. It will not happen. It cannot happen. The Lord will not allow it to happen. The Lord tells us himself that he's going to come like a thief in the night. Do you remember that? That's mentioned a few times in Scripture. It's mentioned by Jesus. It's mentioned uh, briefly by Peter and other writers in the New Testament. Jesus said himself, I don't even know the time. I don't know the time. I don't know the time and the seasons. And it's not for you to know the time and the seasons. There will be no sign. There are, even in uh, in Acts chapter 1, before he ascends into heaven, they ask him then, you know, when when are you going to restore your kingdom? When are you going to? And he says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. It's not for you as humans to know this information. Now, are there things going on that should put fear in our heart? Well, perfect love casts out fear. We could argue that. 
We don't know when Jesus is coming back, and we're not supposed to know when Jesus is coming back. So if you have people that you're friends with that are online going, oh, this is a sign, this is a sign, this is a sign, be careful. Jesus says very clearly that there would be people that came after him that would claim that they knew all these signs and visions and prophecies. They even claimed to be the Messiah on earth. And he says, don't listen to him. It's not me. I'm not going to tell you when I'm coming back. I mean, he can't make it any clearer. So people who start trying to say, oh, I know, I know, I know, and, and I can predict and whatever, come on. You know, there's a, a man, I won't mention his name, uh, but anyways, he wrote a book a few years ago about the four blood moons, and he was all about, man, this is going to be the end, it's going to be the end. He was selling books and making money, making millions, and guess what? The world didn't end that year. In my lifetime, I've seen Y2K, I've seen 2012, and then 2020. I mean, come on. I love, Corey Ten Boom said something very, uh, very powerful in her day. She said, there are some among us teaching that there will be no tribulation, that the Christians will be able to escape all this. They're teaching, they're false teachers, that Jesus was warning us to expect it in the latter days. And she says, there are going to be people who teach you that you're going to be able to predict the times. There are going to be people who are going to tell you that this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And she says, they're all liars. They're all false teachers. And for as long as there has been recorded history, there have always been doom and gloom prophets. There have been. Even the philosophers of old were doom and gloom. So we have to be really careful when we begin to hear these, these teachings. And there are, there are groups. I mean, you've got, you've got the Mormon Church and the Jehovah Witness Church and the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and you've got modern-day pre-tribunalists. You know, they're, they're, they've got all these premillennialists and post-millennialists and amillennialists and all these millennialists. You know, I, I, would, I would say we get caught up in all these words and all these doctrines and all these teachings, and we forget, again, that Jesus clearly has said, Matthew 24, and, and, and Paul says it, 1 Thessalonians 5, Jesus will come suddenly. He will come unannounced. He will come like a thief in the night. He will come when you least expect it. He will not give a reason. He will not give a, uh, a preface to it. There will be no warning. You will just hear the trumpets, and it's the end. That is as clear as, as, as it can be. Now, let me ask you this. <clears throat> if you are, and again, I'm trying to be respectful and loving. If you are a person who believes in the rapture, and I've asked this of all people who believe in the doctrine of the rapture. Where in the Bible is the doctrine of the rapture taught? Now, some people might go to Matthew 13 with a parable of Jesus. They say, well, you know, it talks about how he's gathering the harvest and blah, 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 blah. That's a parable talking about something totally different. Give me a doctrine. Give me where it says the word rapture. You're not going to find it in your New Testament. You're not going to find it as a prophecy in the Old Testament. The term rapture is not there. So how did we get to this point where literally millions of Christians believe in the rapture? How, how did we get here? Well, there's a great book called The Secret of the Rapture. There's another book called The Truth About the Rapture. There's lots of rapture theory books that have tried to dig into the, the early teachings of the rapture. You cannot, you will not find a book from the 1700s or even of the early 1800s where they're teaching the rapture as gospel doctrine. You're not going to find it. It did not exist. In fact, until, until the 1830s, 40s, and 50s, the word rapture was never even used. So the church and the holy scriptures existed for 
you know, 1,800 years before anyone ever used this terminology. Never taught it as a doctrine. Zero. You will find nothing about it. No commentary, no teaching. Go back and read the early 1st, 2nd, 3rd century you know, writers. Read Catholicism, the early teachings of the Catholic Church. Read, read anything you want. Read Martin Luther. Read, read John Calvin. You're not going to see the teachings. You're not going to see the teachings of the rapture until the mid-1800s. Why is that? Well, these books that I mentioned, and there are many others as well, tell us that basically, and it comes back to the teachings of John Nelson Darby, who was a preacher, uh, and, and there are others before him, just, just about the same time of him anyway, that began to teach this view. And it comes back to this view of premillennialism and postmillennialism. There was this debate about the millennial view of Revelation and whether or not there's going to be a tribulation before, after, and all that. And this is, that's way too much to get into this podcast. But I'll tell you that the secret of the rapture theory and the truth about the rapture theory and books like that uh, tell us that there traditionally is the story of, and the way I was, I read it, and I think it was the, I think it was the secret of the rapture, and I've got it here somewhere on my shelf. I just, I didn't pull it out, uh, but if it's, if it's over here, I'll, um, I'll try to mark it down in the, um, in the, in the notes, show notes. This woman has a dream, and she dreams of what we see now as the rapture theory. She tells her preacher, she says, hey, here's this, here's this story that I have. And he thought it was so neat, he got up and he preached about it. And he began to share this rapture theory with other people. And as he shared it with local ministers and other people of his religious persuasion, they thought it was really neat. And it sounded like it could fit with 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. And so it begins to be taught kind of as a theory, a theory now. And as time goes by, theories turn into doctrine. Doctrine becomes a common thought. And there are literally probably hundreds, maybe thousands of views concerning Scripture, concerning Bible stories that are taught because one man or a few men got up and started teaching it like it was gospel truth. That's how false doctrine begins to spread. So again, we come back to the, where's the mediator in all this? I'm on this side, you're on this side. We come back to the word of God. The Bible does not teach rapture theory. Jesus and the apostles did not believe or teach the rapture theory. Nowhere in scripture is the rapture theory taught. So what do we know? Ray, what what do we know? You're going to sit here and you're going to talk about how you don't believe in the rapture and you don't believe that Christians should teach the rapture and that there's no basis, no biblical basis for it. Then why don't you tell us what's going to happen? Okay, that's simple. Let's open our Bibles. Let's take a look. Uh, we know that Jesus is coming again. That is certain. That is for sure. When he's meeting with his disciples in the upper room in John 13, he washes their feet. He, he teaches them. He talks to them. And there in chapter 14, he says, I'm not going to be here for long. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back. You know, he says, if it weren't so, I would have told you. This is exactly the way it's going to happen. Jesus spoke frequently of a second coming. Go to uh, Matthew 23 and 24. He spoke of a second coming. He spoke of the destruction of Jerusalem. And that's another thing. If you want to open to Matthew 24, people will be like, oh, in Matthew 24, Jesus taught about the rapture. No, he did not. No, he did not. Jesus has asked basically three questions. He's asked, you know, when, when the end of the time will be, when's the sign of Jesus' coming, when's the end of the age, 
you know, and they're, and they're talking about the establishment of the church. There's all these questions that are coming at him in Matthew 24. And Jesus is trying to answer all these questions as one. And he doesn't answer them all in the same order, by the way. So I think it's important to keep things in context when we're reading, say, Matthew 24, or if we're reading 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. We've got to keep things in context. That's very important. So let's look at some other passages. You know, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus will not reveal and God will not reveal his second coming. It's just not going to happen. I mean, Mark talks about no one knowing the hour, not even the angels in heaven know the hour, nor the son, but the father alone. So he says, Mark 13, 32 and 33, you got to take heed. You don't know when the appointed time will be. Oh, maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe Maybe Ray is mistaken. Maybe there are some people here today with supernatural knowledge that, that God has specifically given them uh, a record of how it's going to happen. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's possible. Maybe God says, hey, look, I'm going to give you this person and you this person the signs and the times. I'm going to let you figure it out. But you're going to have to teach other people how to figure it out. Does that even make any sense? Because Mark 13, Jesus says, I don't even know. So if you just answer this question, if people that you know and, and preachers that you're listening to are telling you that they can interpret the signs and the seasons and they know Jesus is coming soon, very, very soon, then how is it that they're given more supernatural knowledge than Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Does that make any sense to you? If you have a person telling you that they can interpret the signs and they know exactly when Jesus is going to come again, then they're a liar. That's just straight up. I'm just telling you, I, you know, I, I love them and I love you for, for trying to seek out the will of God and trying to determine when Jesus is coming. But if they have done this for thousands of years and we are, in fact, if you're trying to interpret signs and times, I'm telling you, you're wasting opportunities. You're wasting time. We should be talking to people about Jesus and sharing the gospel and learning how to live a better Christian life. Time's been hard for many generations before us. This is just part of, you th oh, well, there's war over in Israel. There's always been war in Israel. Oh, well, it, ha it dated back to the 80s, 70s. Now, it, listen now, the, the battles that have taken place over that land in Gaza and, and Israel have been going on since well before Jesus came to this world. I'm telling you, this has happened for centuries. So if you think you've got supernatural knowledge or your preacher has supernatural knowledge to tell you that he can, he can determine when China does this and Russia does that, that Jesus is coming in the next year, he's full of poop, okay? He's full of, my grandpa used to say he's full of that brown stuff, all right? You cannot, you cannot interpret signs of the times. It's not going to happen, it's just not going to happen. Jesus said, I don't even know. I, I do not have that supernatural knowledge. The Father alone will determine when he's going to send me back. When he says the time is right, I'll come back and do what I've been called to do. Now, that is as simple as can be. And he says, I will return. So, you know, people in Thessalonica struggle with this. Apparently, Paul preached about it while he was there, about Jesus coming again. And they, they quit their jobs. They stayed at home. You know, they said, oh, we got to sit around and wait. We got to sit around and wait. Don't you think Jesus would have come back during the quarantine? You know, if really, this is an opportunity for people to get their lives right. Don't you think the Lord wants as many people to be saved as possible? During the quarantine, they could have taken time to read their Bibles. They could have, you know, don't you think that would have been a good moment? Paul says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. It does not say there will be signs in the skies and this and that and Russia will do this and China will do that and, 
and Saudi Arabia will do this, and the Islamic Jihad, and it never says any of that stuff. So what are we supposed to do? Well, I think we ought to do what the angels told the disciples to do in Acts 1. He says, Men of Galilee, what are you standing here looking at the sky for? Why are you trying to interpret signs? Jesus is coming back the same way he left, so you better get to work. I mean, that's to me, that's clear. I, I need to get to work. I don't need to sit around and figure and watch the daily news to try to get all this anxiety and fear. And there are people that have done that for generation after generation, sit around trying to interpret signs about when Jesus is coming back. And all of them are dead and gone. And we will probably be too. I don't know when Jesus is coming. I don't. I have no prediction. I hope it's soon. I'm praying it's soon. But I don't know when it'll be. I don't know when it'll be. But I know that it's going to be visible. I know that it's going to happen. I know that Paul talks about it. Uh, he tells Titus about it. He tells Timothy about it. He tells the Thessalonians about it. He tells the Corinthians about it. Jesus is going to come. And when he comes, it brings the end of all things. When the resurrection happens, Christ is going to return. 1 Corinthians 15, he's going to return. That marks the end of all things. So you say, well, what about all that tribulation? And what about all that seven years this and seven years that? Listen to me now. The only reason why people believe and teach that particular doctrine is because they are, are pulling it from Revelation. And I want to remind you, and I've got a commentary on Revelation on my website at rayreynoldswrap.com, and you can download it and you can study it. And I will show you verse by verse from Revelation that everything written in that book was meant to be for the churches, the seven churches of Asia. I want, I want to remind you, Okay, this is Revelation chapter 1. It says, it says in verse 7, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. These things are going to happen. Okay, they're going to happen. So when is it going to be? When are these things that are written in Revelation, when are they going to happen? Well, he says, I, John, am both your, verse 9, brother and companion in this tribulation. The work of, uh, you know, there are many times in the Bible, even in Joel, where it talks about the day of the Lord. The day, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. What day of the Lord, what does that mean? That means it's the day the Lord takes vengeance. It's the day the Lord uh, does, reaps a harvest, okay? It's the day the Lord takes vengeance or action. There are hundreds of days, quote-unquote, days of the Lord throughout the Bible. So when he writes to these seven churches, which, by the way, don't exist anymore, Jesus tells them repeatedly, I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to help you. You know, I'm going to work through you. I'm going to give you a reward. I'm going to, if Jesus, this is important. This is, this is in my commentary on Revelation. If Jesus meant for the book of Revelation to be interpreted thousands and thousands and thousands, you know, hundreds of years, let's say not thousands, but hundreds of years after it was written, then he gives false hope to the seven churches he wrote to. Open your Bible. It's in red in my Bible. These are Jesus' words. He says, I'm coming to help you. Don't worry. I'm coming to help. I'm going to bring vengeance upon your enemies. Just like when, you know, um, uh, Stephen, whenever he's stoned to death, he looks up and sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Paul has an encounter with Jesus, a couple encounters with Jesus. So we look at these passages of Scripture and we see Jesus is acting from heaven in this way. He's bringing about these actions against the enemies. But it does not summon the end of time. Nowhere here in these first few chapters of Revelation does it summon the end of time. We have to get to chapter 20 
Okay, the early parts, most, the majority of the book of Revelation is about stuff that would happen in the first century. And I can show you where every single thing that Jesus said would happen, happened in the first century. These are prophecies about the immediate future, not the end of time. Because Revelation, if he wrote that to those churches and says, I'm coming to help you, and really it was their great, 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 grandkids, that's false hope. Jesus says, I'm coming to help you. Coming to give you a crown of life. I'm coming to give you a special stone. I'm coming to give you. He is coming to help those churches, not physically, but we see that he is ushering in through his angels, which again, interpret the book for us, interpret the letters. These angels are going to help you and make sure that you have peace. And some of them, they're going to have death. You know, he says, you know, if you be faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. He says, tribulation is only going to last a few days. But that doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to bring, um, you know, he's going to stop their, their, their tribulation. He's talking about death. You're going to have suffering for about 10 days, and then you're going to die. I mean, that we use it as a positive thing. Oh, be faithful unto death. They had 10 days of torture before they died. But Jesus says, I'll be right there with you. We can go to 2 Peter chapter 3. And he says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. That's, so we got Peter saying it. We got Paul saying it. We got Jesus saying it. How many times does somebody have to tell you something before it sinks in? He will come like a thief in the night. You will not be able to predict. Well, what happens when Jesus comes like a thief in the night, Peter? Is there going to be seven years of tribulation? Is there going to be, listen to Peter now, 2 Peter 3.10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements, that is the earth, will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. When Jesus comes back, that's the end. When Jesus returns, it's over. There is no, there is no rapture where people are taken out. Well, what do you do with Matthew 24, Jesus? Well, he's talking about people being arrested. He's talking about people being drugged out of Jerusalem because it would be the burning of Jerusalem in AD 70 and they would flee for the mountains. Go, go watch the movie Masada. Read, read books about Masada and what happened when they came and the Romans destroyed Jerusalem. The Jews fled. And he says, I hope you're not a pregnant woman in those days. I hope you're not nursing a child in those days because that will be a tough day for you. You're going to have to flee to the mountains. This is something, they'll be in the bed and one will be taken. They'll be in the field and one will be taken. It's talking about being taken and being killed because of their faith. It's not an end time prophecy. It's a prophecy of when he's going to, of the Lord is going to destroy Jerusalem. And he's doing that to destroy all the genealogical records. Because the Jews were very prideful and who is related to who. And, and, and Jesus says, you know, we're going to destroy Jerusalem. It's going to happen. It's, there's not going to be a stone unturned. Because the Jewish faith had turned their back on God. And that's a tough teaching. Another one for another day. But the people, the, the Jewish leaders of his day, not the people, because almost all of the early Christians were Jews. The, the people had, the, the religious people had turned their back on God. They had made it a mockery. Hellenism had taken over the temple. I mean, it was, it was a rough time. So where, where do I stand in the last few minutes here we got together? Where, where do I stand? What do we do if we can't interpret the signs and the symbols and we know for a fact that the rapture is a false doctrine? I'm telling you, and it is a false doctrine. Then where, what do we do? What, where do we stand? Well, I think we need to go to, Revelation 21, and we need to talk about how there's a day coming where there's no pain and no sorrow. And I think we need to look at Philippians 1 and talk about how you know we need to live on this earth and bear fruit. I think we need to look at Galatians chapter uh, 5, 22 and 23, about bearing the fruit of the Spirit. 
I think we need to recognize what Peter says and Paul says about being ready when he comes, that we can't interpret the signs and the seasons. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we need to get ready. We need to get ready. You know, I, I think about the misuse of First Thessalonians chapter 4. And how people talk about being caught up, the rapture being caught up, and they, they will misuse that passage. The context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is just another description about Jesus coming like a thief in the night. And Paul says it's going to happen so fast. I mean, it's going to happen so fast. He's going to come, you'll hear that trumpet, and you'll be caught up. And I hope that I'm alive when Jesus comes back, because I want to see that. I want to see... I want to see him come to the sky, and I want to be able to take flight to meet him. And I love how Peter says it's going to be this great noise. You know, everything shakes, and the earth burns up. There's no, there's no tribulation of seven years. That's false. Everything passes away. Everything is burnt up. So when people start teaching this doctrine, they will run to one passage or two passages and try to take them out of context. Look at the entirety of the Bible. Look at the entirety of Scripture. That's the mediator we need to use. Let's sit down and read the Scripture. Let's, let's look and see what the Bible says about Jesus' second coming. It's very clear. As I said, there's, there's like 12 chapters I wrote in my book. In fact, I'm going to it right now on my computer to see what the chapters are about. So I've got one on heaven, one on hell, uh, one on the Old Testament view of the end, prophecies of what would come. One is on rapture. One is on Armageddon. One is on uh, how the church responds to it. One is what's going to happen in the final judgment. Uh, I did one on the millennial reign, on the resurrection, uh, what our bodies are going to look like. So those are things that are in that book, and I'm trying to get it finalized to drop it, hopefully, by the end of this year. But And I'm, I'm not saying I'm an expert on these things, but I'll tell you the Bible is an expert on these things. And we need to read, and we need to apply. And when you see somebody who's teaching you and saying, hey, you know, th- there is a rapture, and we're going to be caught up, and there's going to be people that... You know, suddenly are gonna the cars are gonna be unmanned. You know, and if you've seen those bumper stickers, in case this car is unmanned, I've met the rapture or whatever. You know, that's just it's all based on a a false doctrine, on a teaching by one preacher or a group of preachers that suddenly has just taken the world by storm. And so we need to really dig into the Bible. And I know there are literally hundreds of scriptures I did not reference. We can go to the Gospel of John and read Jesus's words. As I said, Peter, Paul. Um, you know, Matthew, all these writers are talking about it and we need to read it. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or rude or hateful towards people, but I will tell you it is important for us to gently to, and sometimes brazenly point out false doctrine because it is confusing people and they're, they're, they're not focusing on winning souls. They're focusing on, on basically the sky Looking for a sign, looking for a symbol. Is he coming now? Is he coming now? It's almost like, and I'll close with this final illustration. When I was a child, my mother and my father would leave us home alone. Me and my brother would do just we'd just crazy stuff. You know, we'd trash the house and we'd have the TV on. We wouldn't do our chores. But buddy, when my mother said they were going to be home at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, about 15 minutes before they started coming home, we would hurry around the house and clean up. We knew they were coming. And I remember times where we were watching TV and forgot, and we'd see that car pull in the driveway, and we'd turn that TV off as fast as we could. We were waiting to see the dust on the highway on our dirt road. You know, if we saw that dirt, man, we'd turn that TV off. And my mother could still feel the heat on the television, by the way, and we'd get in trouble. But I'm telling you, we, we would wait for that sign. We wanted to make sure we didn't get caught. That's what people are doing. They're trying to live their life 
vicariously. They're trying to live their life rebelliously, and they want to repent at the last minute, and I'm telling you, they're going to fail. You need to live every moment, every single moment, as if Jesus is coming back in the next. Don't start looking for signs and symbols. Just live right every moment. Do the best you can. And study the scriptures about what he says, what's going to happen when when the end does come. And when we open up heaven, we see what it looks like. I mean, it's going to be amazing. So let's focus on those things. I know I've went over today, but I hope you've been blessed by the time we've had together. If you got any questions about this, you can email me at rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to address those questions to you personally or engage you in a study on this great subject. Have a great day and be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.